This episode is sponsored by Free Market Kids. Join the league of families who are transforming family time into unforgettable Bitcoin learning experiences. With our Hoddle Up Bitcoin mining board game, you're not just playing. You're building bridges, creating memories, and unlocking the brilliance of the future one block at a time. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Orange Hatter. Today, you're listening to my conversation with Manveer. Hi, Manveer. Welcome to Orange Hatter. It's so wonderful to have you here chatting with us today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tally. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And we'll just jump right into the first question, which is, when did you first hear about Bitcoin and how long and what kind of journey did you embark on to get to the point of trusting it enough to enter the space? Super great question. So in 2008, I had attended a financial trip. And, and in it, you know, there was a lot of really high net worth people and the context of the trip was, you know, the markets are about to crash. You need to sell all your real estate. And, you know, they had all these, all these things in it. And I, I sat there a little baffled. I was like, how do these guys know? Right. And at the end of the trip on the final day, um, the, the host of the trip, you know, he, he put up a slide and it was something to the extent of the Federal Reserve is not run by the federal government. And, and as an immigrant to this country, like I'm a U.S. citizen, but in that moment, like it was like everything that I believed about America and the, you know, the country we live in and all of these things just sort of it felt like traumatic. Like, what do you mean that the money that everybody works for is not run by the government? Like it's a private entity that controls how much money is being printed. And then there's no accounting of it. And then there's laws that are passed where the people can't even ask for the accounting of the money. And I, I was just like, it felt like a trauma. <laughs> That's the only way I can describe it because it's like, Okay, so everybody's here, everybody's working for money, it comes like it's not from the government, it's just a private entity, and we're all in the system. And so that was a lot to sit with. And I was like, okay, well, there has to be a better way. And so, so in 2013, I had heard about like, same group, and they had brought in Bitcoin, or they had a speaker who was talking about it. I at that time, I understood like nothing about it, it didn't make sense to me. And I, the speaker probably spoke to an, for an hour or so, and it was probably in the context of all the other financial speakers, which were like way above my head of, oh, okay, in this market, you invest this way. It's like, I can't even make heads or tails of this, right? Like, this doesn't make sense to me. So it took me a long time. And plus, in between, I'd had, um, I'd had a concussion. And so learning was like really difficult. However, what brought me to this point, and this conversation with you, Tally, is that I'm highly intuitive. And I, I pray a lot. And, uh, and we met at the thank God for Bitcoin conference in Miami. So I'm somebody who trusts my intuition and I believe that I'm, I believe that I'm guided and I've had very mystical experiences my entire life. I've had the opportunity to be in places and witness many miracles. Back in the late 1990s, I worked in tech in Silicon Valley when 
websites were first being created. And I remember the excitement and the energy of, wow, we're going to change the world because we have websites, right? And so now here's this energy of like, wow, you know, Bitcoin, right? Like, oh, this is gonna, this is gonna change everything. And I felt like the same excitement around Bitcoin. But I was like, is this actually, is this actually going to do something? I'd followed sort of Max and Stacy. And Stacy had posted on Twitter, that the renaissance is happening in El Salvador, right? And I was like, wow, what does that even mean? The renaissance? Who doesn't want to go to a place where there's a renaissance happening, right? Even though you don't even have any idea what a renaissance means, it just sounds cool. It kind of reminded me of Silicon Valley back in the 90s. So much excitement of, you know, all the good that we're creating. And so I was praying about it. I was like, okay, well, you know, Bitcoin is in El Salvador. And Trace is uh, Stacy saying that the Renaissance is happening because Bitcoin is there. I was like, okay, maybe I should like go there on a trip this summer, go check out El Salvador and see see what the Renaissance is all about. So here I was praying about El Salvador and this and like my prayers are very practical. It's like, okay, God, I think I want to go to El Salvador. <laughs> and in that moment, like all I started seeing was like visions of like prisons and these men in prisons. And I mean, I was just gut-wrenchingly sick. I was having physical reactions. And I was I was beside myself. I, I couldn't understand, like, wow, you know, I'm and and it was la- it lasted for a day. And I um I thought like it was so weird. And it was like I'm a mom, I've got two boys, you know, <laughs> like I live in, you know, I live in Washington. I don't, I mean, I'm Indian. There's like, there's like no connection between any of any of that stuff, right? And so so I reached out to the head of my ministry school. I'm in a I'm in a two-year-long ministry program through through a church here. And mind you, I'm not like, you know, I'm not somebody who's like a Bible thumper, or like has like, you know, read the Bible back to, you know, front to back and is super religious. I mean, I pray, I try and, you know, do unto others as you'd want to have done unto you and just be a good person in the world. Right. And uh, anyway, so, so I contacted my, the head of my ministry school and was like, Deborah, can I like schedule a meeting with you? I'm having all these visions. I'm go. I said I, I prayed about going to El Salvador, and I'm having like visions of the prison there. And she's like, okay. So we set up a meeting, and so then prior to that, I, you know, we went on the internet and started researching about the prisons and so forth. What I discovered was that El Salvador at one time had a really high crime rate. The new president, in order to to he took drastic measures to stop the crime. To, to stop the crime. And they basically, I think they took away some s- civil liberties that they had that were part of their constitution and had it basically that anyone that was associated with gangs gangs could be arrested without, without cause. And so basically the police had gathered up, I want to say around 64, 65,000 people. When I read on the internet, like 57,000 of them have yet to be processed. So they gathered up that that many people in the last year. And then also these men are being held in cells that are 10 meters by 10 meters. And there's a hundred of them packed in one cell. 
with two toilets and two sinks. And so it's not like American prisons where they're you know, lifting weights and then they're outside and they're playing volleyball or whatever, you know, they're, they're like packed in there and they're not allowed to leave. I think there's over 3000 humanitarian complaints that have been posted or, you know, filed and so forth. And so, I mean, as you can only imagine, like, <laughs> I'm there going, okay, I'm praying about going to El Salvador because of Bitcoin, because I want to check out the renaissance that's happening. And God, you're showing me, like, the prisons of El Salvador. <laughs> like, what is it? What is it? But, you know, what is it that you'd like me to do? Right? And so I was on the on a call with Deb. And I said, you know, I said, I said, what I got was just to go there and to to ask to like, pray with them. I'm not out there to like reform anybody or convert anybody into anything. Right? El Salvador is I think it's like 80% Catholic or Christian. So you know, the, that's the major religion there anyway. And on top of that, El Salvador means the savior, right? As I was like praying into this, I was like, okay, God, like, what is like, what is your vision? And, you know, in the Bible, it, it says even the least, like Jesus's promises are even the least amongst you will be able to do what all that I can do and more. My prayer always growing up was like, okay, God, if that's, <laughs> if that's true, like show me and I'll just follow. Right. And so I've been blessed to be able to experience and witness miracles. Right. And God's grace of like healing and, and so forth. And, you know, I'm not on social media really, or, you know, doing blogs or websites or so forth. I'm a really private person, but this vision came. So I was like, okay, I'm, going to step out into faith to see what happens. So I, I got I got on the call with Deb and she's like, okay, well, Envir, let's let's pray about this. Like, what do you think? What, like, let's pray about this. Like, what do you think is the net, next right step? And I was like, okay, well, I really wanted to go to El Salvador because of Bitcoin. And well, there's a Bitcoin conference happening in Miami. So like I, I said, I, I think I should go there, right? And just share like, hey, I was praying and I had this vision. And she's like, okay, well, let's just pray that you run into some Christian people that are into Bitcoin. <laughs> I said, okay. So we prayed about it. And then literally that evening I was on a, like a Zoom call and it was, it was Pomp's class to like learn about Bitcoin. So I'm on this Zoom call and I shared, I was like, hey guys, like had this vision. I think I'm supposed to go to El Salvador. And maybe I'll come to the Bitcoin conference. And do you guys know like Christian people that are into God and Bitcoin? Right. And the guy, like literally, he's on the he's on the call and he's like, Well, Minvir, you know, there's a thank God for Bitcoin conference that happens before the actual Bitcoin conference. And I was like, Of course, Eris. Thank you, God. Like, you know, so I ended up going there and then that's where that's where I met you. And then, you know, fast forward, you know, all all of the pieces of me being able to get there, like the ticket, the hotel, like all of that just flowed in. Like when you're on the right path, things will appear or, you know, like God's grace will open doors. I'm like, okay. The vision that I had received was in the Bible, again, back to the whole, the promises of like, even the least amongst you will be able to do all that I can do and more. And what I saw was that 
of course, these prisoners are the, you know, would be considered the least amongst us, right? And now if you can imagine, there's so many tightly locked in and they have like less than one square meter each. And now like I'm somebody who can like feel per people's energy. I can like feel your thoughts. And so if I'm in close proximity, I can't, I can't even begin to imagine or I actually I can't imagine because I felt it all these these young men who are in these confined spaces together. And if their minds have like despair, anger, rage, depression, you know, like all all sorts of negative emotions, and there's like no hope. In that context, the energy of them collectively thinking this way must be horrendous to be around. And so the 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 vision that I received, you know, I, I mean, I'm not there to judge like who's guilty, who's innocent, and so forth. But I do believe that there's probably some people that might have been swept up in all these raids to gather so many people so quickly that might be innocent that are in there. And even if there's one person who's innocent, who's locked away like that, it's not okay, right? The vision that I received was, I don't imagine if you have the men that have faith in God, like if those 100 are now like in a cell together, and now their their mind has the peace of God bestowed upon them. And now imagine the magnitude of their minds like connected together with with a sense of peace and of hope. And and I don't know what would open up for them. For example, I, I mean, I'm here in Seattle. I have zero connection like, you know, with El Salvador. I've never been. I don't speak like, I mean, I took Spanish in high school, which was decades ago. Uh, <laughs> you know? And so, um, you know, here I am, this mom in, in Washington, like praying about going on a vacation to see a renaissance, and I get this vision. So we have no idea what the human what our human capabilities are. I believe that what's happening in the prisons will actually be part of this renaissance of unlocking human capabilities because now as these 100 men are like confined and together imagine if they could take i mean maybe they can take their states of consciousness to a much higher level because they're confined and together there's pieces in the bible where it's like you know what somebody used to harm you i will use for your good imagine something like what the sense i was feeling was something extraordinary is going to happen there yeah, I mean, it's such an incredible story. And you're right in that you, the guy likes to direct you in surprising ways, right? You, you were actually praying for a vacation. He was like, no, 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 you're actually go, going this direction. Thank you for joining us today. We will continue this conversation tomorrow. Be sure to come back and hear the rest. See you next time.